0: Our communion meditation is from Jonah. I'll read Jonah chapter 1, and yet uh, comment really only on verse 17, the last verse in the chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, For whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? for the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask you to open it up to us that we would understand it, that you would teach us clearly from it. Uh, We pray, Lord, send your Holy Spirit uh, to accomplish this in our minds and in our lives. We ask this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. So I closed last week with some uh, thoughts about all of this and speaking about how the sailors and Jonah presumed that Jonah would die when he was tossed into the ocean. Neither of them, none of them had any doubts about this. And so when Jonah said, throw me into the water, the sailors didn't want to do that. And so they worked really hard to try to prevent that from having to happen. They wanted to preserve his life. But Jonah had chosen death. He had chosen to be thrown into the water. And I mentioned that he was probably at least partially amused by their attempts to save him. He knew it was pointless. He knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to die. But God saw beyond what for them appeared to be death. So neither the sailors' fears nor Jonah's hopes were realized that day. God preserved his life in this incredible, miraculous way. And I would not say that he saved Jonah just yet but he did preserve his life. When we toss people a ring out in the ocean, we're said to throw them a life preserver. They're not saved yet. They're still in the water. Yet their life is preserved for a time. So now we come to verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. The Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Does anybody know what the King James Version says? swallowed Jonah. The King James Version says that a whale swallowed Jonah. Now, the New American Standard says a big fish, but do you know what Jesus quoted from the Old Testament when he read it and how we read it in the New American Standard? He calls it a sea monster. So, see, there are different words that translators have used for this beast that swallowed Jonah. And skeptics have often accused us of being, of the Bible, of being in error because in the King James it would say whale, others would say fish, and they would say whales are not fish. Your Bible is filled with errors. And yet it's the translators that are trying their best to translate from one term into another, a term in Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek into English or German or whatever other languages we do, And so sometimes we just don't know, the translators don't know what to translate a word into. And their biases come out. For instance, who of us, seven-day creationists, don't understand that in Job 40, when we read of Behemoth, who thinks that's an elephant? It's silly to believe that it's an elephant. But in my King James Bible, that's what my little note says. Probably an elephant. And yet its tail is described as bigger than a cedar tree and, and changing the way the water currents move. And an elephant's tail is this tiny little corkscrew thing that comes out of its behind. So why on earth would those translators put it might be an elephant in there? I think they're just trying to do their best at reconciling this with the reality that they believed to be true. Dinosaurs didn't exist at the time of Job, right? So, therefore, it couldn't have been a dinosaur Job is talking about. Who of us doesn't understand that in Job 41, he's speaking of a dragon? It's referred to as Leviathan, but it's a dragon. I mean, you read that, and that's exactly what we all understand a dragon to be. They existed, obviously, in Job's day. The behemoth, the dinosaur, the leviathan, the dragon, they existed in Job's day. He wrote of them. It must have been frightening to live at times with those creatures. But hey, if you're in India, it's frightening to live with tigers. Tigers eat people over there in India. And so, see, we live in a dangerous world. It's grown perhaps somewhat less dangerous because we don't have dinosaurs. We don't have T-Rexes running around. We don't have dragons flying through the air that are snatching us up like they do in some of the movies we've seen. But yet we live in a dangerous world. Just because some of these are gone doesn't mean they didn't once exist in Job's day or Jonah's day. So there are different terms that have been used. Great fish, sea monster, sea creature, whale. The old maps, you know, had a phrase to refer to that. There be monsters there in the deep, deep sea monsters. So the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And we'll get into some of the details of that next time in chapter two. But then the second phrase says, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, this is one of the few times that Jesus quotes from a minor prophet. And he quotes this, and let me turn to Matthew chapter 12 to read this extensive quote from Jesus. Matthew chapter 12, and I'll read verses 38 to 41. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. So, Jesus believed in Jonah, You know, there are problems. People have problems with various Old Testament books, and Jonah is one of the problem books, so to speak. Job is another one. And yet Jesus speaks very clearly about Jonah portending what Jesus is now living out. So see, Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into Hades. He rose again from the dead, and yet... That transition took time. He was, he said, in the belly of the earth for that time. And so he points to Jonah as a type of himself at this time. Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. He himself, as well as the sailors, knew he was going to die. So see, there's a similarity here, but there's a difference as well. Jonah was... (laughs) Gone and presumed dead, Jesus really died. And there's another difference. Jonah really did disappear and then come back like that, and then we read about it. And Jesus says, This is like me. And he went on, we know he went on to preach to the Ninevites, and then they repented, right? So this all occurred after Jonah had been gone for the three days in the belly of the beast. But with Jesus, This is prior to his disappearance for that time and resurrection and return. But there's a difference then, you see. Jonah thought he was going to die, and he didn't. Jesus knows he's going to die, but he hasn't yet. He's prophesying. He's foretelling the future. He's foretelling something that is about to happen. He said something greater than Jonah is here. He's warning them, you're about to see what was experienced in Jonah's day, yet you're not going to believe because he knew they wouldn't believe. Sure, there were some that would come to faith. There were some of the scribes and Pharisees that would come to the faith. But the vast number who are testing him here would not. They would continue to reject him, even though someone so much greater than Jonah has made an appearance in their day. So Jonah was a type of Christ because he was entombed for three days in that, in that sea monster Jonah was more surprised than anybody by what happened, whereas Jesus wasn't surprised at all what he went through. Our God knows the future, and he demonstrated here in Christ this knowledge of the future. Yet, we don't. Jonah didn't know what was going to happen. He wanted to die. He was probably disappointed to find himself alive for three days in this sea monster, and we'll talk about that next time. So, we come to the table. God knows the storms we will one day face. God knows the time that we will spend in the belly of some beast. We don't, but we have to walk in faith that he will not have us to experience anything more than he has made us capable of, by his strength, handling. And so, whatever you face, whatever sea monster's, we face these days. Uh, God knows what's in store for us. And so we rely upon His strength. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the experience of Jonah. And we as humans, as non divine humans, unlike Jesus, uh, have no idea what the future holds. And so, Lord, we do look to you as our God, as our Lord. And we thank you that you do. We have confidence that you will not draw us into difficulties that you do not also save us from. And we ask you now, Lord, to do that. We thank you for this bread and wine. We thank you for all of your many blessings. In Christ's name, amen.